Well, praise the Lord. Once again, this is Pastor Jerry Roberts coming to you wherever you're at, however you're watching or listening. Again, it is always an honor and a privilege to speak the Word of God uh, and to uh, minister to uh, people who have an ear to hear it, praise God. Um, my hat goes off to you today um, because the title of today's message is uh, Godly Work Ethics. So if you've pulled that video up and you're now watching it, praise God, my hat goes off to you, praise God, because that might sound like a title that might not be fun. But uh, I really feel like it's a godly thing. It's something to take a look at. We have on our midweeks, of course, been talking a lot about our patriarchs of faith, pulling up different individuals, uh, mostly out of the Old Covenant. A couple weeks back, of course, we, uh, we pulled up uh, one with Paul and talked about Paul uh, out of the New Covenant. Uh, but per, for the most part, we've stuck with uh, a lot of our Old Covenant uh, patriarchs of faith. Last week, we was with Job, I believe it was. And we've uh, you know, done everybody from you know, David, Abraham, Moses, um, uh, Jacob. Uh, we've talked uh, with uh, uh, Joshua and Caleb. I think we, we did some things with them. Uh, Gideon was one we mentioned, praise God. Anyway... Praise the Lord. So I don't know what we, you know, how many weeks we've been doing this, but uh, we've probably at least talked about a dozen different uh, individuals. So today, again, we're going to go to our key verse. Uh, we're going to go to 1 Corinthians and chapter 10, please. Let's read that. It just says this in verse 11. Now, all these things happened to them. Now, of course, in context, talking about the children of Israel, okay? Now, all these things happened to them, the children of Israel, as, here we go, examples uh, Hebrews talks about types and shadows. It's talking about, you know, uh, primarily something you can learn from them, okay? So as examples, and they were written, okay, or recorded for our admonition, instruction, or teaching, praise God, upon whom the ends of the age have come, uh, which means that basically this is something you can always learn, okay? So out of their life in context, of course, it wasn't all good. It was some negative things. And as a result of it, we can learn from that, and so we don't walk in the same negative uh, decisions or choices, all right? And, uh, of course, we're not just talking about negative things throughout the course of this. We're talking about some good, some, you know, some good decisions, bad decisions, things that you can learn, the good, the bad, and the ugly, I guess I kind of say every week. So, again, we're going to uh, talk about an individual today, and we're going to go to the book of Exodus, and let's go to Exodus Chapter 31, please. Bezalel is who we're going to talk about, okay? And uh, there may be a few of these gentlemen or individuals. I guess it's not always uh, men that we're talking about, but, but uh, there might be a few of these individuals. When, uh, when I get to heaven, they may call me on the carpet about how I pronounce their name. So I don't know, maybe not. So anyway, uh, this is uh, an individual who really, in the sense, is a kind of behind-the-scenes individual. And um, anyway, you'll, you'll see more of that as we kind of get into this. All right, so let's see here. Let's go, let's go to chapter 31, and I'll probably read like the first maybe 11 verses or something like that, kind of work our way through this. And it says this, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, okay, so now this is, He's, he's given Moses some instruction. He said, see, I have called by name Bezalel, okay, the son of Urah, the son of Hur of the tribe of Judah, okay? Now, let's uh, take a look at this, okay? 
uh, Bezalel, uh, it's defined, his name is defined as uh, in the shadow of God. In the shadow of God, okay? In other words, somebody in a sense that's kind of behind the scenes, um, but one that follows close, willing to yield, willing to do, stays real tight. Um, it even refers to some little bit about, you know, like that, the covering in the sense of protective covering. But uh, for the most part, what you find about uh, this gentleman, uh, his life, is he, he, he obviously has impressed the Father. He's obviously impressed his God, okay? He says, see, I have called by name. In other words, he's calling somebody out here, and it means to call out in, um, in an area of uh, uh, specifics and personal, okay? So something specific, something personal, okay? So he's talking about him specific and some, him personally. All right, now listen. It means also to call up, okay, which means recognition to promote, okay? So in other words, we're finding out here uh, maybe a new covenant way of saying it is uh, he finds himself useful for the master here, okay? So keep that in mind. So he's been not only called out, he's been called up, okay? So here we go. See, so I've called uh, by name uh, Bezalel, okay, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, the of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God. I'm talking about breath or current, okay? So he's he's obviously been uh, enough, uh, close enough with him that he's this consistent breathing into him the breath of life, right? Okay, we've talked many times about that, and it said in wisdom which means skillful, which is something we talked about last week, okay, in understanding, which the word just defines out as intelligently, okay, or intelligence, in knowledge, and this particular word means uh, cleverly aware, okay, in other words, he's, he's a very attentive, okay, is what this, this word kind of relates to, uh, and in all manner of workmanship or craftsmanship, okay. Now, this is a key word, um, the word here refers to a master craftsman, this word workmanship, okay, a master craftsman. Uh, it means a minister of industry, an officer of artistry, and actually to be deputized in trades, okay. So obviously this isn't, this isn't some fly-by-night guy. This isn't some, uh, in a sense, a jack-of-all-trades where he's, uh, you know, you know, can do a lot of things, but the master of none. This one, literally, the things that he does, he's, he's a master in it, okay? So he's, he's, he gives a lot of attention to what he does, okay? And uh, he's a man that has applied himself. And as a result of it now, here he is being called up, him and there's some others like him that are being called up. But he's uh, definitely one that is mentioned by name. Okay, it also goes on, verse 4, it says, to design artistic works, uh, uh, to work in gold, silver, bronze. Uh, my my uh, reference is bronze. Others say brass. Okay, but it refers to here, he's a, an, engr an engraver and a fabricator. Fabricates metals, engraves, that kind of thing. Also in cutting jewels or stones, okay, for setting. So he's, he got, he's got kind of a wide range here, but he's... Uh, he's pretty artistic, okay? So in cutting jewels for setting, in carving wood, and to work in all, here we go, manner of workmanship, the same thing again, okay? So again, a master craftsman, a minister of industry, amen, an officer of artist, art, artistry, amen, deputized in trades, okay, is what that refers to. 
And, verse 6, I indeed, uh, uh, and I, pardon me, indeed I have appointed with him uh, Ohialab, okay, I probably really butchered his name, uh, the son of uh, Shiamuk and the tribe of Dan. Uh, why did I pick this verse? I do not know. But anyway, and I have put wisdom, here we go, in the hearts of all the, here we go, gifted artisans, okay? These are, they're, you know, artists, they're great artists here. Uh, that they may make all that I have commanded you, which is a key phrase, okay? So in other words, doing all, they do everything as unto the Lord, whatever the Lord wants here. Now look at, look what he's working on. The tabernacle of meeting, verse 7 here, the ark of the testimony, or ark of the covenant, the mercy seat that is on it, and all the furniture of the tabernacle. So he starts listing some of it. The table and its utensils, talking about the table of showbread, okay? Uh, the pure gold lampstand, in other words, the golden lampstand, and all its utensils, and the altar of incense, the altar of burnt offering with its utensils, and the laver, laver pardon me, and its base, which means a bronze altar here, okay, is what this is. And the garments of ministry, the holy garments of, uh, for Aaron the priest and the garments for his sons to minister as priests. And the anointing oil and sweet incense for the holy place according to all, here we go, according to all that I have commanded you, they shall do. Okay, so remember this is God talking to Moses about uh, Bezalel, okay, and then obviously the others that he mentioned here. Okay, so let's, um, real quick, let's go to chapter 35, because there's a few places in Scripture that it refers to these uh, gentlemen. Um, so I'm in chapter 35 now. Let's see here. Um, let's go to verse 30. And it says, And Moses said to the children of Israel, See, the Lord has called by name Bezalel, the son of Uriah, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And he has filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and understanding and knowledge and all manner of, here we go, workmanship, to design artistic works and to work in gold, silver, and bronze, in cutting jewels for setting and in carving wood, and to work in all the manner, uh, in all, pardon me, in all manner of artistic workmanship. All right? And he has put his heart Pardon me, and he has put in his heart the ability to teach. So we see the same things that were mentioned earlier, but now he's adding a little bit here. And he has put in his heart the ability to teach. In him, Ohialab and his son Ishamach, uh, okay, and the tribe of Dan, okay, and has filled them with skill to do all manner of work of the engraver and the designer, and here we go, and a tapestry maker. Okay, now if you kind of look that up, what it refers to, I kind of wrote it back over here, uh, refers to embroidery and needlework. Okay, so these obviously involved, this guy pretty much anything that you can, as any kind of artistry, he's pretty good in it. Okay, so I said this, uh, a tapestry maker in blue, purple, and scarlet thread, fine linen, and of, uh, of the weaver, those who do uh, every work and those who design Artistic Works, chapter 36, verse 1, and Bezalel and Ohialab and every gifted artisan in whom the Lord has put wisdom and understanding to know how to uh, do all manner of work for the service of the sanctuary shall do according to all 
that the Lord has commanded. In other words, they're doing it all to the Lord's specs as unto the Lord and how He wants it is what it's referring to. Okay. Now, I read a lot there, but the key is this man was called up, okay, uh, Bezalel, okay, was who we're going to really focus on because he's the one that kind of basically is the one that's leading this whole team. Uh, again, he's, his name means in the shadow of God, so he is, you know, in the background but follows God to the T. And obviously his abilities, um, you know, we might say maybe he had been gifted with abilities to do things. Uh, now, a lot of people are gifted with abilities and don't do nothing with them. And uh, this, obviously, this gentleman has used his to the, to the utmost, okay? He gives his all. Uh, he's wholehearted in all that he does, which is gonna, might be kind of a key word here today. Um, I struggled on what to call this message, but to me, uh, it is about work ethics, and it's about doing the God thing, amen? And so there's several different things I'm going to touch on, so I couldn't really just specifically call it one thing. So to me, I'm kind of, you know, maybe in more broad sense, I'm calling it work ethics, okay? And we're seeing here that uh, Bezalel, okay, not only was a man who utilized his gifts to the fullest, he was wholehearted in everything he did, to the point that he was promoted to basically build. I mean, you think about everything that he was asked to build here. Now, when it's done being built, there's only key people who can even touch it. Because there are people in, in Scripture who have lost their lives for touching some of this that he, has, that he built. They literally lost their life. The Ark of the Covenant, for instance. They, there were some that touched the Ark of the Covenant when they weren't supposed to, and they perished. Okay? It's only supposed to be the high priest that touches it. But now we have this gentleman who built it. So you just think about that, kind of just kind of run that through your head a little bit, and you think about only the high priest can touch any of this. Okay? Well, God, amen, had him build it. So, I don't know, just to me, it's just, I don't know, you, when you start thinking of the importance of this, so this man was skilled in all artistry of all kinds, okay? Uh, he, he, you know, how to build this, build that, uh, you know, he could carve this, he could, he could cut stone, he could, uh, you know, he was an engraver, uh, you know, he could even work with tapestry, uh, you know, and, and even building of, of, the, of, the, of, the, of the priest's garments, even, putting that, so needlework and, and uh, embroidery and all that kind of stuff, this gentleman could do all that. Now, not only was he skilled and not only did he utilize the gifts, he was wholehearted in everything he did, but the Word also says that he had a heart, listen now, to teach others. Okay, so that's another thing. This gentleman could pass it on. In fact, I see even what it refers to, to teach others, referring to, to passing it on. Okay, so, you know, he's not only good at it, he, he teaches others how to be good at it. So some of these others that were brought on, because it talks about others uh, that were brought on, uh, he, of course, is ramrodding the whole thing. So he obviously then was showing these other gentlemen how to do these things. Now, of course, it might, be, it might have been more than gentlemen, but for the most part, we just see some men that were mentioned here. But 
It, he taught them how to do it. So to me, it wasn't just that he, you know, was this guy that had great gifts and everybody get out of my way. This is how I do things. I mean, he was also a man that also helped others walk through it so that they would learn the trade, okay? So I thought that was pretty interesting. Amen. Just think about that in the area of some work ethics, okay? Let's go now to the New Covenant, take and spinning off this and go now into some things in the New Covenant. We're going to go to the book of Colossians, the book of Colossians. And chapter 3, please. And uh, verse 22 is where we'll start. It just says, Bond servants, uh, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. Now, of course, if you look this up, and even some of your translations will even say this, it's referring to employee-employer relations here, okay? Employee-employer relations, okay? And it says this, um, obey uh, all things, your masters, according to the flesh or the natural, right? And it says, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in, here we go, sincerity of heart, fearing God or, re or revering God, reverence, talking about awe, respect, okay? But not with eye service, okay? So now, remember, we're talking about uh, employee, employer, uh, you know, relations here, all right? And it's talking about, you know, you as an employee, um, you know, how, you know, if you're going to do this thing right, well, well, how do you do it? Well, here it tells you not only what to do, it tells you what not to do, okay? It says not according, uh, not with eye service. And that just means not in pretense. In other words, just play, play making, okay? Uh, and it also means that needs watching. In other words, not only... Uh, when we're talking about eye service here, uh, as men pleasers, he says you're not doing it just to try to impress somebody uh, in the sense of just, just doing that, you know, playmaking just while they're watching, okay? Uh, or you're not an individual who has to be watched in order to do what you're supposed to be doing. That's another meaning of this, okay? So that's kind of, you know, yeah, it could represent two different people there possibly, all right? So the point is, okay, uh, do your job, right? Apply yourself, you know. Bezalel, you know, did his job, did what he was supposed to do, and as a result of it, he moved up in the ranks to the point that he became, you know, uh, you know the, ch the chief or minister of industry, the chief of, uh, of uh, you know, of artistry, okay, an officer of artistry. You know, he became that that, uh, you know, that one in, that's been equipped for, for the trade, okay? Uh, he's a master craftsman, okay? Uh, you know, how did he get that? Well, he stuck with it, stayed with it. And it says, goes on here in this verse, uh, and not with eye service as men pleasers, but in, here we go, sincerity of heart, okay? Which means singleness. It uses words like liberal, generous, or bountiful, but it refers to something complete or whole. He's talking about doing it wholeheartedly, okay? And if you're going to do your job, do it wholeheartedly. You know, somebody says, well, I don't like my job. Well, then get the job you're supposed to have, okay? Now, I'm not trying to condemn you or beat you up. I mean, we've all had moments where maybe our job wasn't as fun, or we might have certain parts of our job or our profession that ain't all that fun. 
you know, I pastor a church. You know, I love, I love the Word of God. I love certain aspects of the ministry. There's a few things that maybe I, you know, if I could, could do without, I, I would. There's certain things that ain't always all that fun for me, but it still has to be done. still has to be, uh, you know, you still have to handle it or take care of these kind of things. And, uh, but you do it with a whole heart. You don't just go halfway with this thing, all right? And so what you saw with uh, Bezalel, okay, was the man did everything with a whole heart, okay? As a result of it, he was called out by God and called up by God, okay? Promoted. You will find that as you get to talking about things like work ethics, okay, that the idea is not so much just to win over your boss, so to speak, or win over your employer, or win over the, uh, the president of the company, or the owner of the company, per se. The idea, first and foremost, is we're going to find out here, is we do it as unto the Lord. Because true promotion is going to come by the Spirit of God. Now, of course, it, it will definitely affect the natural. It will affect your employer, your company owner, or whatever, okay, depending on, on what we're talking about. Now, there might be some folks out there, you might say, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm already a business owner or a company owner. Well, praise the Lord, um, you know, but you can still learn from this, okay? If you're going to do, do it, let's do it right and do it with a whole heart, right? And we do it as unto the Lord. Of course, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. Let's look at this now. Verse 23, so we're doing this with sincerity of heart, fear in God, and whatever you do, verse 23, do it heartily, there we go again, heart and soul, I think actually if you look it up, that's where it first to, just heart and soul into this thing, putting all of it into it, wholehearted, right, as to the Lord and not to men, okay, now you're, 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 you're obviously working with men, and that really even in whether you're employee or employer, you're working with men. You know, whether you're, no matter what you're doing. Now, now um, I'm doing a lot of mentioning employee-employer things, but this is still principles that can work even serving God, serving in the ministry, okay? Okay, it, it doesn't matter whether you're working at McDonald's or you're working at the church. It doesn't matter whether you're, you know, you're serving, uh, you know, the public, you know, at a table or you're serving the public in the church house, Okay? These are all principles that we can all learn, all right? And just like uh, uh, Bezalel, okay, he was promoted by God based on his uh, wholehearted service and a willingness to pass that on, willingness to be a blessing, not only into doing what he's called to do, but to pass that on. As a result of it, God calls him up, amen, promotes him, amen, to do really, when you look at it, probably one of the most phenomenal I mean, God trusted him to do what he did, okay? So it's pretty incredible, actually, all right? So let's go back. We're doing this as unto the Lord and not to men. Verse 24, knowing that from, uh, from the Lord you receive, here we go, knowing that from the Lord, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ, Okay, in other words, he's first and foremost the one that you serve. So even if you're working for somebody, you're first and foremost working as unto the Lord. All right, now hang on. But he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done, and there is no partiality. 
Uh, verse 1 of chapter 4 says, Masters, in other words, your employers, give your uh, employee or bondservant what is just and fair, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. So I just want to read that verse to let you know that this whole thing still in context is dealing with, uh, you know, whether you're an employer, employer, okay, people that you, you know, you're serving, you're helping, you're working for somebody. Okay, just, I just want you to know this whole thing's dealing with this. Verse 25, though, says, uh, but he who does wrong, now that word there, does wrong means it does unjust, and it literally means to actively do wrong morally, socially, or physically. But what it refers to is, is you're doing it halfway. So in a sense, okay, what he's dealing with here is the opposite of what he talked about in a couple verses earlier when he's talking about sincerity of heart, doing it heartily, so doing it with a whole heart, Doing wrong is talking about you're only going with, with only half a heart. You're only, you're only in it part way. You're not, you're not in it. You're, you're more casual about what you're doing here. Okay, and I might be kind of getting ahead of myself a little bit. So let's, um, uh, let's read this, this text out of the message translation, okay? So let's look at this. Um, so I'm going to read back to verse 22, and I'm going to read it out of the message translation. It says, servants, do what you're told by your earthly masters, okay, employer, and, and don't do, pardon me, don't just do the minimum that will get you by. Do your best, okay? Work from the heart for your real master, for God. Confident that you'll get paid in full when you come into your inheritance. Keep in mind always that the ultimate master you're serving is Christ. The sullen or ill-natured servant who does shoddy work will be held responsible. Being a follower of Jesus doesn't cover up bad work. I like that. Just because you're a follower of Jesus don't mean you get away with it. If anything, there is more of a light that shines on you in how you work uh, than, than you would if you were unsaved. All right? So this whole text is dealing with, you know, putting your all, doing it with a whole heart, and again, you know, you get on this kind of subject, and you got people on every end of the spectrum here, uh, where they're at with their jobs. Some people, well, I just do it because I get a paycheck, and I hate what I do. And, 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 and you know, we've, we probably have all been there, um, you know, done things that maybe we wish we weren't doing. But, but, you know, if there's certain things you're doing that you don't like, then it's time to sh shift and change something, okay? Now, don't go running away from this message and say, Pastor Jerry told me to quit my job. No, that ain't what I said. I said you need to start making steps toward, you know, that which you do enjoy and that which you do love. But now listen to me, okay, as your pastor here. Uh, it could just be that you're not doing your all as unto the Lord. It could just be that if you would begin to just, regardless of where you're at working right now, whatever you're doing, whether you're an employee or employer, okay, but you do it with a whole heart as unto the Lord. You might be amazed at what God will begin to do for you. There's always increase in promotion that can come. There's always, I mean, we, we can literally be graced to do something. Maybe a week ago, we, 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 couldn't, we couldn't stand doing it. But all of a sudden, we started doing it as unto the Lord. And all of a sudden, we're empowered. All of a sudden, we feel uh, in, 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 you know, in, impacted enough that we begin to now put our all into this. And now all of a sudden... We don't hate it like we used to. 
I mean, there's all kinds of things, and we could probably take, you know, 14 different rabbit trails here on this. But the key is this, okay, that we, we give our all. We do our best. And that's what we purpose to do. And if you know in your heart that there needs to be a shift or change, then you just make steps toward that. First and foremost, talk to the Lord about it. Get insight on it. Don't just run away because you don't like something, which is kind of a common thing nowadays. It just seems like people don't you know, you know, stick with anything. Okay, They just give up and quit and, uh, because they don't like something or don't like somebody or, or whatever. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons. And again, we're not trying to make light of anything or trying to even condemn anybody for any of these things. It's just, it's just that sometimes we lose sight of the fact that we're not here necessarily to, to work as unto men. Okay, we might be working for some men, but we don't do it as unto men. We do it as unto God. And I think that's what uh, Bezalel, I think that's what, what set him apart. Is he was, because you knew there had to be a lot of other art, artisan, you know, people that were real good at artistry and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but for some reason, this guy is the one that got the key promotion. And it says, you know, his name again, in the shadow of God, which means that he, he must have stuck pretty close. He stayed right there close, and I think he, he, he utilized the gift to the best of his ability by leaning on God and trusting God in everything that he did, and as a result of it, it impressed God. We're talking about it impressed God. God was the one that called him out to Moses. He said, he's the one that I want to do this. And, of course, he gave a... Uh, called out another gentleman to put with him, and he said there might be others and to come alongside. <clears throat> and, and again, the, one of the reasons he's up there on top is because he's also a man willing to pass it on, willing to teach others how to do this, okay? So anyway, some key things, all right? So uh, let's, let's take this. Let's look at uh, Hebrews. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. Now, a lot of times I, I read out of Hebrews 6, talking about faith and patience, and uh, I deal primarily in that text talking about that. But sometimes we kind of speed read through here, and there's actually a lot more in there being said here. And so today we're going to kind of look at it in a little bit different light. And so I'm going to go to verse 10 of Hebrews 6, okay? And it says, For God is not unjust to forget your work and your labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And of course, this, uh, you know, Paul writing, or at least most scholars believe it was Paul that wrote this, and, um, you know, talking to the church, the Hebrew church, okay? And, um, you know, a lot of times we read that, and we always kind of look at it on a, on a ministry level, ministry, re, you know, kind of a ministry plane, you know, because talking about ministering to the saints and that kind of thing. But you have to understand that we can take this same principle and just work in, you know, our nine to five or work in our, uh, you know, at the company or work in, you know, you, you might be, uh, you know, an electrician, a builder. You know, you, you, you might, uh, you know, uh, all kinds of things out there. You could be working in a restaurant, you, whatever it may be. You can take these principles and use them. All right. So it says here, uh, God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you've shown. So the point I'm trying to make is this, okay? God, uh, as, we're, as we're seeing here, God notices how you apply yourself even in your workplace. 
okay? And he, he has seen your work and your labor of love. In fact, uh, I think I might just real quickly pull a reference out of uh, 1 Corinthians. I kind of debated about whether to go to this one, but I'll, I'll maybe just briefly say it in the light of this because it's just another reference to what we just said. And this is the last verse in chapter 15, so it's 1558 of 1 Corinthians. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and movable, always abounding or excelling, right, in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Now, of course, you know, he's talking about the work of the Lord, uh, you know, and excelling in it or abounding in it. In other words, doing your best, right? And I think we touched on some of these things, uh, you know, several months back. We talked about excellence, uh, power of excellence, and that kind of definitely fits into all this. Uh, but, you know, the point is, is that God notices, you know, when you're giving your all, you're wholehearted in something or half-hearted in something, the Lord notices those things. And as we've seen even in the, in the text in, in Colossians, and you're going to see um, really through everything else for the rest of the service, okay, that there's a payday for both. Okay, if you're going to put your all into it, there's, there's a payday for that. It, there's a promotion. There's things that come as a result of it. If you're only going to go halfway, hardly apply yourself, there's also a payday to that. And guess what? It ain't anything you like. Okay? So that's why to me, okay, even though this may be a subject not, not many people want to hear, uh, to me, this is why it makes, you know, this, this is why it's so important is because there are certain things, especially, you know, being a pastor, you know, work with individuals that, you know, they, you know, for the most part, I got a, I got a, a group of folks that, and they, they pour their guts into everything they do. I mean, they're hardworking, and uh, they, they apply their time and energy and effort into things, and they, they're good at what they do. They're great craftsmen, great uh, tradesmen, great, uh, uh, you know, in, 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 in the different things they do. Some of them are just great in business. Uh, you know, we got just some great folks. And then I also have some folks that are just kind of coming in and starting to learn some things. And maybe most of their life they haven't applied themselves real hard. And the problem is then they, they, they get the results of that and they don't like those results, okay? And then they think they're being overlooked or they're being cheated or they're, uh, you know, somebody's, uh, you know, they, you know the, the whole world's against them or some kind of thing. All kinds of different thoughts. Like I said, we, I'm probably talking to a whole gamut of uh, people on a whole uh, lengthy spectrum here, okay? And, but you have to understand that a big part of this, it may not be all of it, but a big part of this has to do with how you apply yourself. Are you being wholehearted in what you're doing? Or are you just kind of getting by, doing only what you have to do? And then when the boss shows up, all of a sudden now you, you, you try to impress him with a few moments of, of uh, you know, uh, sweat a little bit here or something, you know what I mean? Just, but, or, you know, and just eye service, you know. Uh, you know, you're just, uh, you know, are you the kind of individual that, that, that the, the employer has to always watch to keep you moving? Or are you an employer that, man, that they, can, they can basically turn you loose on something and know that the job's going to get done and get done right and, and whatever. I mean, uh, the point is, is this, this is important because it deals with your life. It deals, you know, with, with growing up and raising families and and uh, putting food on the table and clothes on your baby's back and, uh, you know, putting them in school and making sure they, they have the, you know, the kind of education they're supposed to have and, the, uh, you know, have all the needs met. And, I mean, all this fits into everything, you know. 
But if you're not, you're not applying yourself, then what happens is you get the results of that. And then, then some of these things that you're trying to get done, or you might be praying about getting done, don't seem to get done. And then we get mad at God and get mad at everybody else for thinking that you've been done wrong, which may, may not be. It just might be you're not applying yourself. Wow. <laughs> I hope, you, hope you're hearing this, all right? So there could be some reasons for that. So, uh, you know, I, I think about work in general, okay? I was, um, some things that kind of came to me, you know, the scriptures talk about work, but there's a couple ditches. Um, so a couple things that you don't want to be, you know, when we talk about working in general, just working, applying yourself, extending energy, doing things, um, there's, there's a couple ditches, okay? Now, the scriptures say this, and I want you to hear it now in the light of, of, of what we're talking about here. The scripture brings out some things. It talks about faith without works is dead. So faith without some corresponding action is dead. In other words, it's lifeless without some, some kind of action or movement. And then it also talks about works without faith brings you under the law, which really, in a sense, is pointless because what it's about is doing it without him. So now let me explain this. Faith without works is dead. In other words, you could say all day long you're believing God, but if you have no action, if you're not doing anything, then you're not going to get any results. And the Scripture completely warns you about that, okay? Or you could be on the other end, and that, now that's one ditch, okay? The other ditch, okay, is, you know, we, we work our tails off, we're workaholics, but we don't lean on God for anything. So we just, we just pour our guts and we become us workaholic. We work from sunup to sundown and... and it really it doesn't seem to avail like we want. We don't, we don't have the peace, we don't have the joy, we don't have the blah, blah, blah. We can go on and on and on. But the point is, so you can't get in that ditch either. Okay, so when I'm talking to you about applying yourself and giving your all, I'm not talking about y'all being a bunch of workaholics. Okay, I'm talking about just when you're doing this, there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do these things. And boy, I hope that's coming out. Okay, went down a little bit of a rabbit trail there. But the point is, Okay, I don't want you in the ditches either, okay? Because there's some folks that think you don't need to do anything, you know? Just sit on your duff and, you know, hope everybody takes care of you, you know? And that's, that's wrong. And then you got the workaholic over here doing everything in his own strength, and that ain't right either, uh, you know, because that just pulls you back under the law. Doing That's all it refers to is doing everything in your power, your strength, instead of leaning on him. So I'm talking about getting up on the road here, get out of the ditches, get up on the road, and let's do this thing right, and it's going to be by doing this thing, at least part of this we're dealing with, is, is with a whole heart. Now, the scripture here in Hebrews, we're still in Hebrews 6, it starts talking about some other things here, all right? So I'm, I'm in verse, uh, well, let's read verse 10 again. For God is not unjust to, uh, to forget your work and labor of love which you have, sh which you have shown uh, toward His name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we, verse 11, desire that each one of you show the same diligence. Okay, that's a key word, diligence, to the full assurance of hope until the end. Now, this word end means to a definite point or the point that's been aimed at or desired result, conclusion, or accomplishment. So, in other words, you're doing what it takes to get to what you know you need to get to, okay? And he's, he's talking about diligence here, also full assurance of hope, all right? But... We're going to focus on that word diligence. Now, hang on. Verse 12 now, 
that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. In other words, they get the result. So he's talking about diligence, and then the next verse is talking about not being uh, sluggish. Uh, the old King James used the word slothful, okay? This particular word uh, means idle or indifferent, okay? Talking about, remember, we're talking about, remember that one ditch over here, you know? Okay, so uh, indifferent, uninvolved, lukewarm, literally means to avoid pain or strain, to avoid strain, but it's referring to being half-hearted, okay? Not, not putting your all into it, okay? Whereas diligence, okay, is just the opposite. Okay, diligence means forwardness, it means steady application, okay, it means to be in, industrious or dedicated towards something, in other words, wholehearted towards something. So those are kind of the key words here today, I guess, you know, wholehearted versus being half-hearted, okay. So now you see words like diligence and slothfulness, okay, or sluggishness, slothfulness uh, uh, coming into play here. Because they're two opposing forces, okay? So when we're talking about, you know, work ethics, and by the way, uh, the word ethics in itself refers to the morality or professionalism. So when we're talking about work ethics, there's a, a right way to work, a professional way to work, a moral right way to do work, right? And that's what we're talking about, okay? And part of that's got to be a thing called diligence, a diligence is key. Now, scriptures are pretty clear. Um, there's all kinds of things that come out of uh, being a, a diligent believer. Uh, this text here talks about inheriting promises. Uh, later on in chapter 11, it talks about you're rewarded for diligence seek, to, to seek God diligently. Uh, Deuteronomy 28 talks about the blessings. And all of that's about, uh, even talks about uh, the obedience, but it says diligent obedience, Okay. Uh, so diligence is a key here, okay? So you can't, you can't overlook diligence, all right? Romans 12 and verse 11 uh, talks about not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit serving the Lord. That's what my translation says, not lagging in diligence. The old King James says it, says it this way, not slothful in business. So again, you're seeing that diligence, slothful, the, the opposing, they're two, two opposing things, okay? Now, the reason I kind of hammered on them a little bit, okay, um, is because we're going to go back to Proverbs and look at some things in Proverbs. Um, I say back to Proverbs. I guess today this is the first time we've gone to Proverbs, but I'm talking about some previous messages here. But let's go to Proverbs. And uh, what we'll go to, I think, is chapter 22 is where we'll start. Um, Proverbs 22. And... Um, I want to talk uh, some more about diligence and slothfulness, the, uh, these two opposing forces here, okay? Um, and I think that's what we'll, we'll take it home uh, doing that. So we'll, we'll spend the rest of our time here in Proverbs. Uh, what I'm going to do, I'm going to start in chapter 22, but I'm going to kind of work backwards, I think, in Proverbs. I just, I don't know why it ended up that way in my notes here, I guess. So, uh, but verse 29 of chapter 22 do you see, he's asking a question, do you see a man who excels in his work, okay, or that word actually means diligent, who's diligent in his work, okay, okay, he will stand before kings, he will not stand before unknown men, and what that means is it's talking about promotion, okay, 
So if you will just excel or be diligent in your work, there's going to be a promotion that comes. Okay? Now, uh, the scriptures here talk about uh, he will not stand before unknown men, okay? Which means really talking about, uh, you know, if you, know, you do what's right, you're always going to be promoted. You're not going to be left in the dark. You're not going to be left, you know, uh, without being noticed. It gets noticed. And I am telling you, okay, okay, been around it enough to know this, okay, nowadays especially, if you're diligent, you're, you're automatically going to be part of the cream of the crop. You're automatically going to rise to the top because for some odd reason, it, it seems like over the years, some of this has gotten lost, okay? And I'm not condemning anything. I'm not trying to condemn a generation or anything like that. But my point is this, that if you will just be diligent, apply yourself, be wholehearted in what you do, I mean, you'll automatically start rising to the top. Before long, man, you're... You're promoted, you're leading this and leading that. Next thing you know, you might be owning the company or whatever. So uh, it's how this stuff works, all right? Um, let's see, chapter 21. Let's go and back up. I need to keep moving here. All right. Chapter 21, I'm going to go to verse 5. And it says, The plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty. Okay? Lead surely to plenty. All right? All right. But those of everyone who is hasty, surely to poverty. Now, let me explain that, okay? So this word hasty means no inward motivation, okay? Um, but driven by an outward motivation, okay? Um, in fact, you know, maybe I kind of got a little ahead of myself here a little bit, but diligence is about an inward motivation to, move you, to, to get you to move forward. It's inward motivation, whereas slothfulness requires an outward motivation motivation to get you to do anything okay that's the difference really between the two so that's kind of what he's bringing out here okay uh, those uh, who is hasty now the word here hasty again that uh, means to press or be to be narrowed or uh, to 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 not not easily led is what it means but in other words you're, you're being pressed to do something so all of a sudden now you're stepping out to do so it's talking about uh, a slothful approach here okay uh, led by outward motivation this word hasty Okay, we, we might think it's, it refers to, uh, you know, trying to be quick about something. This one here actually refers to you're being pushed to move forward. Okay, in other words, you're, you're all, you're, it could be this. It could be this, uh, a good example would be somebody who procrastinates. Okay, so you procrastinate and you put it off, put it off, put it off, because really nobody's, you know, nobody's riding you, or nobody's, but all of a sudden you're down to the wire and you have to get it done and they get on you all of a sudden. So now you're, you're real hasty. You got to hurry up and get done. Okay, that's, that's what he's talking about. Okay, so in other words, it's an outward motivation that now all of a sudden makes you have to get something done. That's what it's talking about. All right. So what's the benefit? Well, the diligent, it says you're led surely to plenty. Okay, which means gain or profit. Okay. So it leads you to plenty. The, uh, the one that's maybe slothful, okay, it says surely to poverty. So there's two opposites here, okay? So diligence brings you into increase and plenty, whereas, uh, you know, being a slothful approach to things will bring you into poverty. Now hang on to that, okay? Because look at this, chapter 13, let's look at one here. 
I'm kind of backing up in the book here. Boy, I hope you're getting something here. Chapter 13. Let's see here. We're going to go to verse, uh, verse 4. It says this. It says, the soul of a lazy man or slothful man, okay, desires and has nothing. In other words, he, does, he has desires, but he's not getting, he's not, none of his desires are coming to pass. But the soul of the diligent shall be made rich, okay? And it speaks of coming into abundance, all right? But bottom line, what he says is uh, he gets his, de- his desires fulfilled is what it's referring to. So in other words, the slothful man has just as many desires as the diligent man, but his desires don't come to pass because he's too slothful. Whereas the diligent man, okay, because he applied himself, gives his whole heart into things, he's more apt to come into his desires and see those desires fulfilled, all right? So it's just, it's just key, okay? So again, we see two ends of this. Let's go to chapter 12, just back up a few verses here. Verse 27, again, a slothful man or a lazy man does not roast what he took in hunting, but diligence is man's precious possession. Now, the Amplified kind of brings it out with that. Uh, it says the diligent man gets precious possessions. In other words, uh, possessions begin to increase. Now, the, the lazy man does not roast what he took in hunting. Actually, uh, in the interlinear Bible, it kind of defines that a little better. It says that uh, the lazy man does not start after his game or after his prey. So it's not really talking about something he brought in. It's talking about something he, he won't even go out and do it. Okay, the game, the, the animal's out there to be hunted, your game, your prey, but the lazy man won't, you know, won't get up and go, go out there and do it. It's too much work. Okay, I don't want to hike up the hill. I don't want to you know, get out in the woods and be out there all day uh, to chase some animal. Forget it. You know, that's what he's referring to. But the diligent man always ends up with the, the prize, always ends up with the, you know, uh, the increase, the possession, it says here, okay, the precious possession. Okay? Uh, so it's the one that gets after it. Okay? Um, let's see. I want to make sure I give you all on that. Um, I think it even brings out, I'll just, I don't have time to go there, but it talks about the slothful man won't even get out of his bed to get done what he's got to get done in chapter 26. So it's kind of the same thing here. The slothful man would rather just lay in bed than get up and get, get out there and, and uh, get to hunting, okay? Get to doing what he's supposed to be doing, okay? And I'd rather lay around in bed all day or something, okay? Now, uh, again, some, you know, might be pushing the envelope here a little bit with y'all, but, uh, you know, to me, uh, you know, get up, get moving, okay? Uh, you're, you're more apt to see things come to pass. I like the previous verse we talked about. You're more apt to see your desires fulfilled. You're more apt to come into increase. You're more apt to see the promotion. You're more apt to see all these things if you get up and just apply yourself. Give your whole heart. Remember, okay, let's not lose sight of this, okay? We do it as unto the Lord. Don't get in the ditches here, okay? I'm not telling you about be a workaholic, okay? I'm talking about doing it wholeheartedly, okay, doing it as unto the Lord, okay, then you're not going to get in the ditches, okay, about work, all right? Uh, okay, well, same chapter, uh, chapter 12 again. Let's look at, uh, let's back up here, um, verse 24. It says, the hand of the diligent will rule, but the lazy man will be put to forced labor, okay? That means under a taskmaster, okay? So here, here's what it brings out, okay? The diligent will reign in authority. In other words, they're going to be the one who will rule. They're going to reign. They're going to be the, end up being the boss, okay? They're going to end up being the, the company owner, okay, so to speak, okay? 
or whatever. Okay, we can go kind of all day long on these things. It's the diligent that's going to end up running the department. It's the diligent that's going to be telling you what to do if you're not diligent. Okay, so, so the diligent, okay, will reign in authority, but it's the slothful that needs to be motivated by authority. That's what it's bringing out here. Okay, so if you're the one that always has to be rowed to do something, okay, it's inevitable that the diligent are going to be one ultimately telling you what to do. Now, somebody said, well, I don't like people telling me what to do. Well, I tell you what, why don't you just get diligent? And then, then praise the Lord. You can be the one on top of the totem pole, so to speak, okay, uh, one running the department, okay? But get with it. Apply yourself. Do it, do it as unto the Lord. Let's not lose sight of that. That's uh, Bezalel, that's what he did. He did it. Everything he did, he did unto the Lord, as unto the Lord. It's, it's what the Lord required. It's what the Lord wanted. It's how the Lord wants it done. That's what I'm doing. And I'm doing it as unto Him. Amen. I stay close to God. What it is, He's the one empowering me, showing me things, instructing me. And I'm going to do that, praise God. And as you do that, what it is, the diligent, the one that gets promoted, it's the one that ends up on top. It's the one, praise God, that ends up with the, the increase. All right. You can't lose sight of these things, okay? So when we're talking about work ethics, okay, okay, this applies to all of us, okay? I don't care if we're talking ministry or we're talking the job, uh, nine to five, or we're talking working in the restaurant, we're talking about out there on the job site building something or, you know, whatever uh, trade that you have, okay? So these are principles that work everywhere, all right? Let's look at one more. Chapter 10 this time. We'll kind of back all the way up here. In verse 4, it says, he who has a slack hand becomes poor. Okay, that's just that's talking about, uh, this, again, slothfulness, okay? A slack hand, slothful, okay? He who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent makes rich, okay? And in other words, acquires wealth, okay? Man, who doesn't want to do that, really, okay? You might have a few people say, oh, I don't believe in, believe in having that, but usually it's only because they don't have it, okay? But if you had it, okay, Okay, it would be it'd be great. Okay, I, I've been without and I've had. Uh, believe me, having is a lot better than not having. Okay, I'm just I'm just telling you. Okay, uh, you know what? The best thing you can do for the poor is not be one. Okay, uh, whatever. Okay, I'm just telling you. Okay, it's better to be uh, be on the on the upper end where you can help those other. Okay, when you don't have, it's hard to turn around and help somebody else because you don't have yourself. Uh, okay, that might be a whole other sermon, but, but when we're talking about, see, this is an important thing about diligence, okay? You acquire wealth, whereas the one that's slothful loses it, okay? They become poor, all right? Uh, see, is that what it, what it say here? It said becomes poor, absolutely. So becomes poor, all right? So you can make yourself rich or become poor based on this work ethic of, you know, giving your all, you know, diligence versus slothfulness being wholehearted or half-hearted, okay? It, it's kind of up to you. Um, uh, one, one of the verses uh, out of chapter 24 brings out about, about being slothful. says that poverty comes like a prowler, okay? You, you get slothful, okay? And pretty soon the enemy, the poverty creeps in the house, okay? Like a prowler, okay? Sneaks in pretty soon. It's making, you know, it's it's... It's making itself coffee. Okay. And next thing you know, it's, it's moved you out of the master, and now it's moved in there. Okay. 
uh, moved you out of the driver's seat, now it's in the driver's seat. So now poverty leads, okay, all because we got slothful, okay. Now, um, I think I hammered on it enough today, and hopefully you, you stayed for the whole thing. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but uh, uh, to me, these are key things, okay, in, in living everyday life and moving forward in God. Amen is to be diligent, to be wholehearted, amen, uh, to have uh, godly work ethics, amen. So I hope you got something today. Let's pray. Father, I just give you praise and glory once again. I'm thankful for the, those that had an ear to hear today and a heart to receive. And Father, I give you praise and glory for these principles today. And even though sometimes it might be a challenge to, uh, to hear it all, but Lord, I believe it's something we all need to hear. And so Father, for that, I give you praise and give you glory for it. So I thank you, Lord God. Uh, for even for, uh, Lord, forgiving us for the time maybe we were a little slothful. Maybe we got a little lazy here or there or something, whatever. Maybe we, we just didn't apply ourselves like we should. Or maybe for some reason or another, we find ourselves not being diligent in what we should be. And uh, forgive us for that. We know that you're faithful and just to forgive. And we receive that. We thank you for that. But we receive that and give you praise for it. And our heart is to move forward today being the diligent, being wholehearted, praise God, being one, amen, that, that stays close to you and does it as unto you, praise God every day. And for that, we give you praise. In Jesus' name, I call you blessed. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.